in a world driven by selfies and social media, where empathy and entrepreneurs are considered contradictory. One podcast has set out to put empathy back in the boardroom by hearing from the best entrepreneurs around the world. Empathize It will hear from the leaders of the digital economy and learn how the soft skills drive their business. This is the Empathize It podcast. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm here with Deepak from all the way from the UK. Uh, good afternoon, Deepak. How are you? Dude, Mordecai, I'm good, man. Really happy to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really, first of all, I want to say is I love the background music here that's in my shared workspace here. So everyone, if they, if they hear the music, <laughs> sorry, if you don't hear it, uh, thankfully, it's a, that's a good thing, I guess. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Deepak is, one. Of, first of all, this is an awesome opportunity to uh, continuously show how what the social networks can do. Deepak reached out to me via LinkedIn after some searching about podcasting, content, etc. I got a, a message from him, and now he and I are talking to each other about uh, about his experience as an entrepreneur. What's even better about Deepak is that he is actually a, a, a known expert in a different field related to social media and related to content. He's actually his own. Uh, he's the founder of and CEO of Pearl Lemon, and I'm going to let Deepak actually speak to us about what it is. So, Deepak, how are you? Dude, I am good. I am well. Thank you for that introduction. And as you rightly said, I, um, guys, the thing that you, you probably detest, I love. I, I like SEO. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy the process of trying to understand why is this site ranking, trying to understand how can we make your site rank and trying to demonstrate how that's possible. So yes, I've been running Pearl Lemon, my SEO agency, since October 2016, and that is what I still do today. So and, yeah, now I can hear you. Sorry about Brilliant. that. Uh, so you're doing the thing that you love, which is the, the the back end, the stuff that's really a lot of people, like you said, don't really love. The, the, a lot of times, it's things that people are basically unsure of. What does SEO really mean? What is it? Where is it today? Where does it go? How do people? rank all those things that you know i know what some of the things that even i someone who works in the field don't understand everything about seo so why don't you give us like a quick overview of how seo has changed since the time you started in 2012 to now it's obviously changed a lot give us a little bit of that background absolutely absolutely so think of seo being the supplements that a marathon runner would take through their 26.2 mile journey to ensure they can really get that best time that they're looking for. So whether that's your goo gel, if you want to be advanced, whether you're just starting out and you're like, you know what, dude, I'm happy with a banana. I'm going to take a banana. You've, you've, you've obviously right, hit the right person when you're doing your search on LinkedIn because I am a marathon runner myself uh, and a runner. So talking about goo gels and supplements, not bananas. I hate bananas, actually. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but also that you you've hit the nail on the target. So obviously you, your search is done as very, 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 very sophisticated. Because <laughs> I don't mention that on LinkedIn. I don't mention I'm a marathon runner, but someone's doing the right research for you. Anyway. Yeah, let's, let, let's thank Adina. And, um, you, know, so, you know, marathon runners, maybe when they're starting out, depending upon how tactical they want to be, you'll get, you know, the, the, the kind of Sunday runner who will maybe take a couple of jam sandwiches and use that to power their way around a run. And, 
depending upon what you want to achieve with your marathon event, if you want to, you know, be a Boston runner, or if you're happy really just to finish and get a sub six hour time, then it really can reflect or ultimately in some respects, you know, impact the result that you'll get, especially at some critical moments when, you know, you reach perhaps, you know, mile 20 to mile 26. That's where, you know, goo gels come in handy where you might, you know, throw a heap of water over yourself because you're heating up or you'll get into all manner of things. And what really um, is interesting about that whole process is that there's there's many, many, that's what SEO is kind of like. So number one, you know, we're all in a race and we all are taking different kinds of supplements to help us make sure that we get the best result possible. So within the sphere of marketing, you know, there is your social media, there's Deepak, I'm going to do ad spend, you know, I'm going to take 20 goos at the beginning, do ad spend, and that's going to hopefully get me my return. So I would say that what SEO is, is that thing that you can't see when you've got, of course, that runner on the track. It is something that when used tactically and appropriately, as a race evolves, then you can really, you know, get some interesting returns from it. At its simplest level, in terms of, you know, where it was perhaps in 2012, in, in, in 2012, or at the beginning of the days of marathons, you could maybe do something as simple as take, you know, an apple pie and probably use that to power your run. Because you know what? No one else was using anything anyway. So you could get an apple pie, maybe get two or three apple pies, and, and that would be enough. And in the days before us, that would be any kind of links that went to your site, you know? You could go to an auto bot that would, you know, generate hundreds of listings for five bucks, which you can still do today. And that would work because Google would just see, oh, wow, there's, there's lots of, you know, sites that are linking to, you know, to deepakshukla.com. Brilliant. Deepak must be trustworthy. But as SEO evolved, as marathon running evolved, there were not only other people that were, you know, starting to eat apple pie just like you everybody was really beginning to realize that apple pie was the means of gaming the system and that actually, you know, apple pie wasn't really reflective of how or what would be the best kind of intake for a marathon runner and not reflective of what marathon runners should actually do. So therefore they began to raise the bar. So no longer would apple pies work equally with link building, the level of sophistication for Google's algorithm began to evolve and expand. So, I think where we're at today in terms of that process, there are still some people using apple pie out there. There's still some people, you know, that are, there's also people that are using goo just at the right time, making sure they're timing their splits, making sure that they've got the appropriate gel for their digestive system, making sure that they've got the appropriate, you know, bands for their shins or whatever it might be and, and doing all these kinds of things. And I would say that, I would be honest and say that if you're a business just starting out and you're running, for example, on a budget, I would honestly say it really depends what kind of business you are and whether SEO is a relevant place to start. So to give you a practical example of what I mean. Wait, hold on, stop in a second. You're yeah. actually telling me that someone who now comes into the, a brand new company who's starting from zero, an entrepreneur, has very, he just opened his website, just turned on his keys to the car, and now you're telling me, or at least what I've heard publicly, is that you're saying is that SEO may not be the first place to start. Absolutely. 
I think that depending that's upon statement. there's a bold statement if I've yeah. ever heard one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that put it this way, SEO is something that takes time. So depends on what you what the needs of your business are and whether SEO means it's the primary place to start. So if you, for example, run a consulting service and you want to generate high ticket clients that you know you want to coach, say Deepak, I offer mentorship. I do a thousand bucks a month. I'd say, buddy, start on LinkedIn. Start building your brand, build your positioning, use social media, you know, extend that to Instagram with short stories that relate to coaching and move forward in that manner. So, you know, in many, many use cases, I would say that LinkedIn and Instagram in that example are a better means of starting and then SEO can come later down the line if you're an established business. However, if you're in a new space like CBD because medical marijuana is growing everywhere and it's something that probably isn't a fit for LinkedIn, it you know, is maybe a fit for Instagram, but then you need to run ad spend. Then there's lots of other things that come into play. Then you've got all of the, you know, all of the, perhaps the rappers or the rockers that are just talking about it and you're competing with people that are in your space. Then SEO becomes really relevant because you can't advertise on Facebook anyway. You can't advertise on Instagram anyway. You can't advertise on the Google network anyway. So in, in an example like that, then SEO is huge. If you're a payday lender, if you sell short-term loans, don't do social media. I wouldn't say do social media. I would say do SEO because it's quite a covert thing that people don't really want to look at or, or, or advertise or you know, be found for. So there's all these variations, I think, that come into play that I would call and consider the nuances of who should start, when they should start, and, and, and what level of involvement they should have when they, when they start it. So you're saying is that some businesses might not be, you know, SEO may be the second stage as opposed to the first stage based obviously what the company is doing, what the business, what the space of the business is, what the industry, how developed and mature the business is as an industry as a whole. Not only the business itself that the entrepreneur is starting, but also the industry that he's going into. Like you said, medical marijuana might be something that's new, an opportunity to really position yourself at the top of the, of the game, even though Google might not, uh, Facebook and you know, other social platforms won't let you promote that. But if you're working on the Google network, you can promote that, correct? I lost you, Mordecai. Sorry. I said what I was saying is that some, based on the industry that you're in, uh, it could be that the, the SEO uh, might not be the first stage of the game, but rather the second stage. Meaning first stage would be just to position yourself, like you said, consulting. But in a case where like medical marijuana or something like that, it might be that SEO could could actually, or let's call it more paid search, could actually help you boost your rankings right off the bat to position yourself against the other competition. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, there's, there's lots of spaces where that's applicable for, you know, like gambling, any kind of adult products. Like you're not gonna be talking about these things on, on any level of social, at least personally. And you're, you're, you're more akin to just trying to work with search if there's, you know, adult fetish stores, for example. We work with a couple of those and they're like, we, we cannot advertise anywhere. And we, of course, want to acquire market share, Deepak. So can we talk SEO? So there's all of these considerations that people don't often think of, of course, where SEO is just actually the, 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 the de facto place to go to. So in your experience with six years of literally building up a business from from zero like uh, what i understand is you built it out of your mom's house out of your basement which is awesome you're now building a, you're now in a company that is 
seriously impressive with uh, some six-figure numbers, which is great. An agency that's doing great things. What do you think the comp Where do you think the, the the market, the SEO field, is going right now in terms of? Because obviously, it's a pay-to-play. More people are understanding that you have to pay to be considered. A, you know, at least position yourself in some way in, in your field, in your industry, whatever mm. at whatever point of journey you're in. So you have to pay. So where, where is this going now? Where with all the automation and things like that, where is it going? Oh, I think it's a beautiful time to be an SEO. I think the reality is, is that if we, if, 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 if people step back and look at the digital marketing industry as a whole, dude, it's in its infancy. There's like the whole developing world that's still yet to start an e-commerce store or still yet to do a hundred and one things. There's still places that, you know, are, are just coming online. Are you just coming online with broadband internet? There are future e-commerce business owners. There are future payday loan providers. There are future adult stores. There are future everything that will want to do SEO. There's going to be, you know, million dollar or multi, multi-million dollar e-commerce companies who are like, right, we're doing search, and we're doing paid ad spend, it's going really well, we're doing social, we should also do SEO because you know, we wanna start competing against. So as an industry, for, for all of us, I say this to all of you, be happy, because there's still a lot of businesses that are spending like billions on TV, and, 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 and know that you're gonna capture that market share because that's everybody's accepting, and everybody is recognizing that you can actually measure pretty much everything that you want on digital and where there are holes, they're being worked aggressively to be filled. So that's a beautiful thing. I think it's a beautiful time to be, be in the industry. Well, that's, that is such a refreshing statement. A lot of people are saying it, so maybe it's too much, it's oversaturated. People are getting too, you know, everyone's paying whatever you want to pay. So the more you pay, the more willing people are willing to see your product versus everyone. But I, I love that refreshing approach to it's a great time. You're right, it is an infancy. So maybe the main markets have been covered or are still being you know, populated heavily, but a lot of the new markets and the emerging markets are still fresh and being ready, ready to accept this kind of digital in whatever aspect it is. It could be SEO, it could be social, it could be content, whatever it is. So Absolutely. I love, I love that refreshing approach to it. Absolutely. So now, now let's take a step back for a second. Because the focus of this podcast is usually about the softer skills, the things that you know, people talk about, you know, there's data, there's numbers, there's metrics, especially with SEO. Those are very important things. But when you're looking at things from a, from a business perspective, we're looking at a holistic thing. It's not only just data and just metrics and just numbers and money, but it's also other things. So when you were starting out, how did you, besides building the business in terms of gaining the clients, there was other components, the things that I, like, I like to call the softer skills. Those not sometimes often not tangible or the things that people don't always talk about. What are those things that you say is, these are things important for me as an entrepreneur to, to pass on to the next, to the next, you know, the next group of entrepreneurs about that are important. Because I, I'm talking to you, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I want to stick my hand through the screen and say, I love you because you're so passionate. So, what are those kind of things that you, you talk about, or those things that you cover that are critical for entrepreneurs? I think that, um, I think as we move more and more into a world of personalization, I think that your personal brand needs to be at the forefront of what you do. Now, people confuse that with thinking that they need to be somebody else, that they need to be Gary Vee or Grant Cardone or, you know, whatever kind of character that they look up to. It's, you know, and, and, and an amazing example of, of this who I would often turn to when I say be yourself is look at, look at Elon Musk. Look at his public speaking skills or how 
awkward he comes across sometimes and how much he is thoughtful about what he's going to say. Everybody may, and if you've not yet seen the Joe Rogan podcast with, with, with Elon Musk and, you know, see how it is that he comes across and, and know that, you know, authenticity in this world of personalization is, is really unique to you, right? Because they can go anywhere they want to get social media, but social media of Mordecai, for example, is, is, is social media Mordecai. I can't get that kind of Israeli kind of American feel that what's really going on. He runs marathons as well. He's probably big on the endurance. Big brother is definitely watching while he's doing his research. I'm just kidding. Um, so, so, so I think that that's really, that, that, that should be pushed further into marketing. I mean, people, you know, we're in the age of millennials are decision makers, right? We're, we're, we're both millennials. We're, we're both probably born in the eighties. And we use WhatsApp, we use Slack, we watch YouTube videos. It's like, you know, you, you, what, what that means is, you know, you can use GIFs, you can use emojis, you can demonstrate passion in a multitude of ways. So people might look at this and think, oh, Deepak, you sound like, it doesn't matter. I've got Adina, right, who's in my team. The lady who did the research on you, she has skills that I don't. I'm rubbish at doing granular research. I'm rubbish on email. If you send me an email, I sound like a rude motherfucker, dude. I'm very short and she has these gifts and emojis and she does things. That, so what I'm trying to demonstrate, people, is that one, you know, bring your brand of uniqueness, whatever that is, to the stage. And two, use that uniqueness to demonstrate your passion for what you're doing. And that will free give you your own competitive advantage because ultimately four, personalization is, 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 is really another reinvention for the word, how can we sell? How is it that we can sell our, sh yeah, and, and yeah, that's. Absolutely, I mean, personalization is the, one of the big topics. I mean, if I had to look at, I'd say 15 or 20 of the top articles today talking about trends in 2019 in digital marketing, everyone's talking about AI, personalization, you know, bots and chatbots, whatever it is. But you're right, personalization is how much content or how much data does the, does brand X know about, you know, Deepak or Mordecai or whatever it is, how much do they know about us and how can they connect the data points and our, you know, search content, search journey, and then be able to apply the content that this company is trying to sell to me to that personal experience, right? How they're, they're basically, in a very general sense, that's basically what personalization is. But so what you're saying is that personalization is, and every person's brand, and unfortunately still people today are not understanding that even though they may work in a, a comfortable job that their brand they themselves are their brand and they need to promote that on their own way on their social so you're saying is personalization is one of the main ways that seo slash digital is going to evolve over the next year or two or three anything else that you say is and that's also one of the you said is that and i think i agree 100 percent is that that soft skill of branding yourself and putting yourself in, in, in a mindset where it's not, you're not faking yourself to be someone else who you're not, right? You're not trying to do that because that will come across right away. You're taking your own experiences and personalizing it and making sure that your experience in the professional field, whatever the field is, is what's driving you forward. So you're taking your experiences with your experience in the field and putting them together. So that's one soft skill that's a really important one, branding yourself, knowing how to talk passionately, knowing this, whatever platform it is. So you're going out there, you open up this company, you know, I'd say you open up program in 2012, you're going out there, you've gotten some clients, and the clients are saying, okay, I love what you're doing. Well, you're selling me well, you've got it. How do you make sure that they understand and they see the, the success beyond just the numbers, right? They obviously want numbers. Absolutely. How do you do that? 
absolutely um guys i think that um you know what like you need to or i have what, what what i think is important you know certainly what's helped me is showing that i care and showing that you care is giving them insights into what you're doing at the back end you know certainly for example and this relates to any any service that you're offering or any product is you know there's this and we extend that personalization right there's there's behind the scenes stuff that you're doing to probably improve your own offering or to improve your own skill set there's the implementation that the client can't see in terms of maybe you're setting up you know the negative keywords on a PPC campaign or you're just brainstorming on a blank canvas potential ideas for how to position their brand you know clients like to see the nitty-gritty clients like to see that you're working on their stuff and if you combine that with the emojis and the hey we're working hard for you Mordecai ha 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 lol whatever it might be that then you can begin to also connect you know the 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 work with with the care and and you can actually package this is the interesting thing i believe that you can package soft skills when you combine that demonstration of care with evidence that there's work attached to it and that's why you care and and bringing those together i think can really add a quantitative aspect to something that people you know initially see as quite qualitative and and and, and actually no you can connect the two and 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 sometimes people you know don't always do that and it's something that i've had to learn the hard way as well i've 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 i've, I've screwed up dude i've i've you know i've 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 been working hard but i've not demonstrated to the client that i've been working hard and then they think that i'm not working that hard and even though the delivery is good because they don't think i'm working that hard at the first port of call that there's a road bump, they, 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 they've left me because they, it's, 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 you know, getting through the door is the sales pitch. Then you've got your honeymoon period and what you need to build up in reserve is your actual bank of goodwill. Because every, it's, it's, uh, there isn't a single client that I've had that there's not been a road bump a temporary blip or a problem where rankings dropped for like a week. Maybe it was a Google medic update in August. Maybe the client did a server rollback and destroyed all of our metadata, but the client doesn't care that they destroyed their own metadata. All they care about is the result. And why was I not prepared enough to know that clients might ignore my requests anyway, because you ask for things and then clients ignore it. And then because we care more about what we want to tell the world, we don't actually factor in the thing. Well, 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 Deepak, wasn't it a bit naive of you just to assume that he was going to give you everything you asked for? Like, what, what, did your mum give you everything you asked for for Christmas? Come on, dude, grow up. Like, don't blame it on the client. You're the one that offers a service. You need to go in and show that you care enough to have found a solution in absence of them being able to even deliver the things that you asked for. That's care. I love I love that because recently, as someone, as one of my earlier guests, she mentioned a, a book by uh, Stephen Covey. You know, the famous. Uh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So he wrote a book also not only about about uh, kind of the seven rules kind of thing, but the most important things for entrepreneurs kind of thing. But he also wrote a book about it called Brand Trust, and he basically said is that everyone plays a tax, some sort of tax. Either we have a tax, a brand tax, or we have brand trust. The more time a person and a company spends on building trust, they obviously the quanti quantitatively, they're gonna come back, the company, the staff, everyone, even the clients and the customers are gonna realize that they're investing in that. 
and building that trust. So they're going to can pay a tax, but they're going to actually make money. That money is going to grow because they're putting more money into caring, into their company, into their team, into their staff, everything. And then you're saying is if you don't do that, which is like you said, after the honeymoon period and everyone's all rah rah, we're all good to go. There's going to be a roadblock, and everyone knows that it knows that it knows that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Bump is going to be, and how bad it's going to mess up your car, right? But the question is, what happens then? How much care and trust and information have you provided during that time to let the company, to let their, your customer know, says, we know what's coming. We can't predict. We can't predict Google's algorithm changes, but we know that they're coming, and when they come. We've already put in enough bank, you know, money, quote unquote, or trust into your system, into our bank account together, that we can, that we'll ride through it, we'll ride through that bump period. Absolutely, right? that's that's it. <laughs> that's a great representation of it, actually, dude. No, fabulous. What you're, you're completely right. I think that building that bank of goodwill is something that you know we 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 don't do enough, and 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 I think you know when when if we can get out of and David Goggins in his book called Can't Hurt Me calls it the coasting mentality that all of us can suffer from that you know I'm doing well everybody is happy I'm coasting I'm cruising life's good and at some point along a journey with probably every client you're gonna get and it depends just on what level but you're gonna get slapped in the face by something right and the question is how well can you get it? what was the name of that book again um, David Goggins can't hurt me, you know, and, 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 you know, examples of that are, I sometimes get clients who are happy who forward me SEO proposals that they've been sent because they're being pitched to and they're nice enough to send it to me. But then I look at the proposal and the proposal will outline four things that are glaringly wrong with their SEO that, and he's like, dude, why, why did these come up? What's the deal, etc." So even when things are going well, stuff like that will happen. Your clients will get pitched. This is where the goodwill comes in. And if you don't have an answer that's honest, like I have fared fair better when I've said, you know what, you know what, George, you're right. To be honest with you, we miss that. I'm sorry, my bad. I'm going to get that sorted. Clients love that. Yep, they love that. They love that honest approach saying, yes, you're right. You picked up something I couldn't. I can't believe we missed that one. They love the fact, A, that, they're, that you pointed out that they're right. Second, you validated their 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 peak you validate their interest in looking at other opportunities and also you've given them a good answer that you didn't, you didn't say oh i'm sorry we didn't you know you got you get nervous you were honest up front yeah. told them what they what we're going to do and you fixed it and then right there they're just like okay great so he's listening to me he's not just running on autopilot about saying is and, and and empathy and this is the crazy thing empathy isn't about you because even if you have it on your to-do list right Clients don't like to be told, oh, yeah, we, we already know about that, because then it's almost a little bit like saying, hey, dude, you know, we know, we know what we're doing, back off, right? So one of the things that we get into is our own needs, our own needs. So if someone comes to me and says, oh, Deepak, um, I got, it forwards me an SEO proposal they get by a competitor. There's 100 images with alt tags missing, right? Even if it's on my to-do list, uh, I don't send him, don't, don't send your client yet already know about that, already working on it. You know, instead say, wow, awesome. Thanks for reminding me that that needs to get done. You're totally right, dude. It, it, it is on my list, but it should be, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bump it up right to the top. And when I looked at that, what I also noticed was this and that. So I'm going to get all of these things cleared. Instead of saying already on my list, screenshot. Imagine what message the client receives and how it makes them feel one message versus the other. And we're very quick to make 
knee-jerk responses and then be like, already on my list, already on that. It's not important. Oh, well, you know, the project was delayed or this, that. People want problem solvers. People want integrity. People want you to kind of fess up because they want to feel good about themselves. Half of the time, it's making the client feel good about themselves, as you said. And, and, And I've also made those mistakes. I've also written a retort the smart response feeling all good about myself and then i you know someone else pointed out but you've just made your client feel like a dick deeper <laughs> did you send it i was going to say is you know abraham lincoln in uh dale carnegie's book uh you know how to win friends and influence people he actually says that abraham lincoln wrote millions of letters millions of letters that like these kind of responses and retorts to people about how angry they were and he writes these letters and then when he after he was killed they go into his room and his office and he, they see these piles of letters piles of letters and they said is he wrote the letters like that knee-jerk response he wrote the letter saying that's my knee-jerk response but he never sent it he never took the time to send it. he said is if i send it i know what's going to happen everyone think i'm like you know i'm the sob that everyone's just gonna be like oh my god so he, yeah. he wrote them so that he could get it out of his mind but we all learned that we all made that mistake where we wrote we took a knee-jerk response and we get screwed for it afterwards but he uh, you know abraham lincoln you know, took the yeah. time to say i'm gonna write it but not send it. So we've all learned that one the hard way, of course. You're not unique. Like everyone in, in the world of working client management gets that you know knee-jerk response, especially today when you have that on your phone. You're just like, oh. Thank you for It's awesome. Yeah. So now let, let me ask a different question. So you mentioned to me about being a you know having your own personal brand, which is key. You also mentioned about the fact that empathy empathy is not about us. It's about understanding where our client is, our customer is. And being able to respond and make them feel validated as opposed to making us feel validated, which is, there's a fine line there. It's not easy. Yep. It's yep. not an easy thing to do. And it's not something that it comes with trial and error all the time. Now explain to me something. I went to your website a couple of days ago and I see you doing jumping jacks on stage. Can you explain to me why you're doing jumping jacks on stage on your video of your website? <laughs> <laughs> I commend you for your research, sir. That's, that's, that's the first time I've been asked on air about that um, so that was 2015 in Aston which is near Birmingham in the center of England and I was giving my TEDx presentation about um, randomness and how, how, how randomness is, is really critical to you know our, our careers and a lady that was the randomness on of you finding me on, on LinkedIn and- <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes we have a habit of looking 14 steps down the road and predicting where something will go and actually do do what's in front of you. You can't know how or where this opportunity is going to end up. So there's some things that we should just, you know, do and, 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 and see where we come out. And, you know, that's what's led me to you today, actually, because I didn't anticipate I'd be talking to, you know, this amazing dude from Israel about empathy about marathons i hadn't you know and 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 someone a a person did tell me deepak you should just go and look at seo podcasts and i was like i don't know that that's a good idea dude i don't i think there's just other seos listening to seo podcasts i don't think my clients are listening to (laughs) yeah it's an echo chamber (laughs) yeah yeah great thank you that's the word i didn't know there you go you gave me something i was doing jumping jacks because I was dared to do jumping jacks by someone else who'd been on earlier in the day. I gave her a dare, Chanel, and she gave me a dare, Deepak, and her dare was a really simple one. She was like, I was like, okay, you know, 
write or, or, or kind of put, keep your hand up for like a minute or two or something to this effect. And she said, okay, I think you should do jumping jacks. And she's like, I was like, really? She's like, what, are you not going to do it? Are you going to chicken out? Are you going to pussy out, bro? And I was like, no, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. And uh, thank God I couldn't go red because I was embarrassed as hell doing that, dude. <laughs> the question is, did you mention her name on stage saying, thank you, Chanel, for making, challenging me to do this? No, and that was another mistake. I did say I was asked or I was tasked with um, being given, but I did not mention her name and I should have. And uh, I, next time. I, I, my, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a, a celebration and I challenged the person that was a girl in bat mitzvah, you know, Judaism, they turn 12, they get to kind of being like a woman officially. So I challenged the girl who was a close friend of mine. I said, if yeah. you mention my name in the speech, I'll give you 50, you know, shekel, which is equivalent, you know, whatever. So she said, Okay, and then two days before she's writing, finishing up her speech, she, she called me and she said, do you really want me to mention your name? And I said, sure, why not? She said, well, are you going to give me the money? So I said, of course I will. So at the first thing she said in her speech, she mentioned my name. That's why I asked her if you mentioned, my, if you, you mentioned her name. Kind of put me on, on the spot in front of people who I didn't know and probably will never meet again. So that was a... Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you're just like, yes, I said, yes, I will give you the money. And I did. I paid her right on the spot just to make, me, make myself, you know, trust and understand. Oh, dude, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I, actually one time in a speech I gave a couple of years ago at a bloggers mm -hmm. conference, uh, it was right after lunch and they had given out um, some food. And in this bag of food, they had given out like these little hot peppers, chili peppers. I happen to love hot peppers, but... I was like a little nervous about the speech that I had given. So before I got onto stage, or like right as I was getting on the stage, he introduced me and I took a bite out of the hot pepper to kind of like get myself all <laughs> up. And people were just like, what are you doing? You're crazy. And I said, well, yeah, but you know what? You gotta do something daring. Otherwise, what are you doing here, right? You gotta do something daring on stage to make a little bit of an attention. Um, okay, so now we're talking about personalization. We're talking about where SEO is going in the world and how we think it's gonna happen. And we're talking about empathy and where it's, uh, and the importance of empathy of understanding our clients. And we're talking about marathon running, which is a topic I love, uh, and SEO. But what other things that, when you're noticing that, you know, someone calls, a client calls you, even today, and they say, okay, we need to do SEO, right? That's the standard line that most people say. We need to do SEO. They don't know what that means, but. Say yeah. It. So, and, and, you, and your, your next response is, what's the next response? Amazing. Why do you think that you need SEO or what is it that you want from SEO? That's probably and, the first question that I'll ask. And then, and then they, and then you understand their, their, their component. You say is, okay, I got you maybe. And then you, would you suggest to them maybe SEO is not right at this point? Yeah. For, 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 for some people, I definitely, as I've learned in the early days of my agency, again, I would just say, yeah, great. You, you should do SEO. Great. Amazing. And then, you know, two months later, a client will cancel because the site, the business is not perhaps mature enough to, you know, last the time that SEO needs or SEO isn't maybe the most direct way to acquire business. And all of these kinds of variations that I've become wiser to, because in the beginning, I definitely, you know, I had a shorter term view of it. I would chase the money and not, 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 not understand if it was the right thing for both of us actually, because, you know, I, I got myself into a stage where there was some churn, because I would, you know, work with the wrong businesses. They're like, you know, I need this to work in two or three months. And I'd be like, okay, I'll make it work. And you can't go into SEO with that mindset and a lot of things without that mindset. You know, it's like, okay, great. I want to do a three-hour marathon within three months. Okay, I'll get you there. You can, but you probably won't. 
um, and, 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 you know, and, and becoming more cognizant. For the, for the, Sorry, go ahead. For the, for the misinformed, the three-hour marathon is like that coveted spot where almost, I'd say, of the 1% of people in the world that actually run marathons, I'd say maybe 0.001% of the people actually get to that number. Yeah. What's your, what's your best time, Deepak? My best time is 3.15, dude. It needs to be quicker. Oh, yeah. so I'm, uh, mine's 3.30, so I'm, I'm thrilled with 3.30, but 3.15 is unbelievable. Oh, uh, dude, 3.30 is great, and 15 yeah. minutes faster just seems like a world away, dude, to get yes, through. <laughs> it does, it does, it does. It's that big hump on the middle of there. Um, so you're, 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 okay, so now we've talked about getting to that, where we're trying to get to. Now, I have a question that's going to sound very silly, but I'm sure a lot of people ask this question about SEO and like you said, the backing and all that kind of like, un, uh, you know, kind of uncharted territories. How much does, uh, let's ask two questions. One is how, how big of an impact does content play on the algorithm or Google's searching? That's okay. It's like a more specific one, but more importantly is if you had to give five points about, you know, SEO and where, uh, how to really explain it to the layman to understand where SEO you know, how important SEO is uh, in terms of setting up the strategy, setting up the, the site from zero, right? You're an entrepreneur, you're setting up your site. How important SEO is overall? Uh, give me five points of what you need to do for those things. And the second question was really is content, algorithm, you know, we don't understand all of it. I don't understand what algorithms are completely, but we know that they always happen. How often does, you know, the third question is how often does Google change that? Okay. Content, so content and algorithm, how do they impact each other? Yeah. When, how often does the algorithm change? And third one is, if I had to give you five, if I had to give an entrepreneur five tips of starting off and building a site with you know proper SEO from the beginning, baked into the beginning of their marketing strategy, what would you give them? Great questions, great questions. Let's start with the content one first, in the order that you asked me asked me them. Um, content's huge. I think content's very important. Content is like content is a little bit like you know going um into a marathon and getting a consistent intake of, of, of supplements it's not going to be the supplements that are going to term, determine your, your your victory but it will you know help the quality of your victory so i do think that content is definitely a critical component i think seo less content is difficult very difficult unless you're in a market that people aren't doing much online anyway. Maybe you're focusing on, you know, auto mechanics or plumbers or something in a very small location. You're like, all I want to do. So then you can create your fixed content and, and, and do nothing else. That's, that's what I'd say about content. The second question is to Google's algorithm in a measurable way. There'll be a, a, an update, you know, maybe each year, maybe, but there'll be two big updates a year. Medic was the last one, you know, there's been, you know, Panda, there's been Penguin, there's been, there's been a bunch. Updates outside of major updates daily. What qualifies as major? If you read a news report about it, then it's major. What is an equivalent industry? I don't know. It's a little bit like, you know, the Forex markets. If you, oh, if you want to go and <laughs> don't start with me on Forex. I used to work with the Forex clients. So yeah, for three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a little bit like, you know, Forex people build in their, their pips or their stop losses and build things based upon logic, but there will always be swings that you can't, you can't build for because that's the whole point of them a little bit. Um, with all of that being said, a good and solid sound strategy should, you know, 80% of the time 
do you well, but then there'll still be a client where you'll do all the right things and you'll still get screwed. So, 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 you know, SEO, but, but then equally, that's not singular just to SEO. That's probably, that's, that, that's actually the truth about every industry. Um, and, 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 and the difference is with SEO that's different to perhaps, you know, for example, something perhaps like social media is that it's not as front facing in SEO. So that's where you have to make inductive leaps in logic where you're like, well, this is why we think your site has this issue. But then another site that has a very similar makeup to yours might not get stung. And I'll say, well, this site's the same as ours. Why isn't it? And, 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 and that's where you have to make inductive leaps in logic. And, and Forex is just a good example of it because of some conversation, you know, where, where similar things may happen. And the final thing that you asked was, where would I recommend a, a site start? I think that one of the best things that you could do is produce an absolutely monster case study. 5,000 words, 10,000 words, right? Case study slash blog post that does what Brian Dean calls, you know, it's skyscraper content that's, that's 10 times better than anything else that exists in the industry, whether that's in relation to, you know, how we, you know, 5x our clients revenue in 12 months through seo a detailed case study and that could within it contain lots of almost sub content the 10 things that we did do the you know three backlink the three link building techniques and etc and 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 something like that would be you know your 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 fort or your stronghold which you would then use to go out into the marketplace to start acquiring links for go to your competitors or go to wherever you find similar levels of content and start compiling a list and start doing aggressive outreach based on the assumption that this piece of content is mind blowing. Like it's really, really, really good. 5,000, you know, the le it's not really just about the length. I say the length, but it's, it's, it's gotta be like unique content. And, and that often comes from a case study that you've built from real world results that you've got. Um, as opposed to, you know, compiling, you know, what Shopify, Dropbox, you can do that, but, 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 you know, the, the complication there is, is that, that it's not then truly unique, but you can do that. It'll probably still have a good effect, but you know, following that in a three to six months loop every two months or every one month, create one piece of content, spend two months promoting it one month, one month set up two months promotion one month. This is how I think all businesses should run. To be honest with you, it, we're not even talking about actual, you know, content or seo here anyway i think that you need to spend a heavier time promoting your service because then actually that's the only real way you improve your service because you 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 do what we probably both agree on you discover during delivery what's really going on and you also learn to, and you also as, as any person is you start moving towards and you kind of your bot your your mindset and your topping topic talking points and topics move towards what you're passionate about and what you're comfortable with. So the things that you're less comfortable, even though you want to try to service everyone and be that yes man, I want to produce a lot of, con I want to get a lot of clients. You start moving towards the things that you really love doing, and those are the things that you yeah. start highlighting. I love the idea of the case study, which you know I was recently speaking to someone about, like you said, the five thousand, a five thousand word, you know, sounds like a lot to me, but the truth is five thousand words when you're talking about in a case study, which is a unique because you're the one who actually did the work. B, you can prove the success because you've got all the kit, you know, got all this, the screenshots and all the, you know, the, the before, during and after to really show the effect. I love mm -hmm. that. I love that idea of that. And I like the idea of like your, your flow of setting it up correctly, doing the right, creating the right content, you know, 
delivering a, a good piece, a great piece of content versus just a good piece of content. And then more importantly is spending a lot of time to promote it and not just, you know, saying it's, oh, we'll put it up and then that's it. You're actually creating a, a valuable piece of content. I love it. And, and what else? We saw skyscraper content. I kind of, I like that idea. I like that. Uh, concept yeah. of it uh, so you, you're giving skyscraper content you're, and you're telling a person you're telling an entrepreneur spend the time to really know who your audience is and this is where I'm sure you probably take this your clients on your journey of who are your personas who are the people they're trying to reach what are the keywords they're using what are the keywords that they're not using you know and what is the industry t saying about these keywords and what are the industry talking about so that yeah. way you can, you can guide them saying is well we need content on these words Use these longer versions of it. Less words, more words, topics. Absolutely, you know. absolutely. You can you can combine a piece of skyscraper content with then some other components. So once you figured out what that piece of content is, once you've delivered it, you can then you need to then create a vehicle to go and spread the word, right? So if 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 you're there to you know spread the word of your content. You need to then, you know, have a look. You, what, what is your vehicle is going to be? My vehicle, Deepak, is going to be cold outreach, cold email outreach. Okay, brilliant. Where are your recipients or who do you want to spread the word to? Well, these sites and these journalists or these bloggers seem to be fans of this type of content. Okay, brilliant. Let's build that list. You could do that via a Google search. You could find a tool. You could use Ninja Outreach. You could use Buzzstream. You could use any combination of you know those things. Google advanced search parameters. There's there's other tools that you could look at. You could then compile. You then compile your list. You then do you know what I have tried to do during this process. Make sure that I know who who my audience is. You make sure I know at least one or two things about you, and then therefore lead with perhaps value first and be like right. I'm going to ask Mordecai a favor later down the line. Maybe I just, you know, want to make him like me or make him appreciate the fact that I've actually done some research and I've not kind of just spammed him on the basis of, Hey, you know, you need X or we can deliver Y and, and I become like everybody else and, and, and see what you can do to initially, you know, get your, 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 your post linked somewhere or reshared somewhere. You could, you know, for example, Google a list of sites that, you know, accept, um, not even guest posts, but sites that accept posts that have already been, you know, written. Um, I forget the, I forget the word for it right now, but there's sites specifically that just reshare content that are popular. So there's all these levels you could, there's all these things that you could do. And it's really just about intentional purposeful time. People confuse activity with purpose or, or speed. And it's like, right, I could do this. I could do that. It's like, you know, build your list and reach out to absolutely everybody on that list. And that list could probably number a hundred. And from that, if you get 10 links, then great. That's going to become a much more powerful piece. So, awesome. I love that. I love the idea of really being much more deliberate and focused as opposed to just saying, well, I'm a new business. I got to go everywhere and you know, spread myself yes. too thin. And I like the idea of like, also, like you said, is, you know, find the service that syndicates, you know, retakes your, takes your content, shares it because they think it's good, or you have to adapt it a little yeah. bit and they'll share it for you. I think that's the way to go. So and then you could, um, just to link it to social media, if you build your list, you then take that email list, you put it into Facebook, you target the bloggers. You also can look at targeting your clients if you want to. So you could build your dream 100 list of clients. You could scrape the emails or you could look at the companies and the roles. 
You could build Facebook ad campaigns and retargeting campaigns. I would get you to do the management of that or the creative or some combination of it. And you can really not only use it to build links, you can also use it to, for client acquisition and show your potential audience this amazing case study that you built. So you've taken the case study, which is a top level piece of content. You've not only have you done is you've contributed to other journals, industry journals where, or industry publications, which are relevant and taking that you've also done is taking your clients, your prospective clients and people who may be even your competition and you've kind of targeted them both on Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever the platform of choice may be. And you're sharing that content to them so that way you're positioning yourself among them again, you know, against the other people in your area and in industry and you're getting a lot of good, it could be paid, it could be organic, it could be both, but you're doing is you're getting a lot of good attention with a good high level piece of content that people want to see. Love it. Love it. Absolutely, dude. And, and you know what I find crazy people, I would spend a thousand bucks on that. Right. And a lot of people be like, well, how are you going to a thousand bucks on ridiculous. And for me, it's like, well, you're going to probably try and land a client who's going to give you at least a 5x return on your ad spend. I mean, we're not doing this to get someone who's going to then pay you 500 bucks to run, for example, their SEO, because the level of work that you produce demonstrates that there's going to be a certain type of client who's going to pick that up. So for me, if I can spend $1,000 and I get five leads and one of them turns into a client, and that could even be, let's just say it's a $3,000 retainer assuming they stay with me for at least three months, unless I complete, like in a worst case scenario, I'm looking at a $9,000 return based upon a $1,000 ad spend. That's nine X. So I don't, this is the crazy bit that I find weird when people don't connect all of these things. And it's, I'm like, dude, this is what you're playing for. It's a sense. It's not a gamble. This is a sensible business, you know, risk that I think you should take. Absolutely. I love the idea. I love that idea calculating the, the investment and that and this is where you know the hard skills come in you say is well you know it's hard to spend that money people entrepreneurs are always have that challenge of spending the money so it, it is hard but when you start thinking about it is if i'm targeting the right people which is an important component of making sure this yeah. targeting the right people spending that whatever the number is and i can see a return of x and my my, my x my 10x my 5x my 7x whatever it is is already valuable it's already it's there it's awesome so now we're going to kind of rounding up here. We're rounding down to the time of what we can uh, spend. And I, first of all, I want to say thank you for your time. It's awesome. Uh, I really appreciate speaking to people who are get it, not only from the professional's perspective, but also get the passion, the drive. Uh, it created a successful business, which is also very important too. So they have proof of concept and proof that they're, they're there. When, when, when you're, uh, give me two or three things that you're working on, not only personally, but also professionally in terms of uh, two or three things that you're working on in the coming year, 2019. Absolutely. Um, wow. Great question. So I, um, what I want to do, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoyed the process of building Pearl Lemon, the agency. We started full service when I needed to keep my lights on. I was, and this is another thing guys that leave your ego at the door in the beginning when you've got no money, do a Facebook land, do an ad for 50 bucks, do write a piece of copy for a hundred bucks. The skills that you'll get, the, acumen with the business transaction, the questions that you'll have to work out. Well, how can I make a profit if someone's giving me like $400 a month? If you can think about how can I make a profit from $400 a month, that's a much more powerful way of thinking as opposed to thinking, oh, I said no, because he only had $400 a month. Because what happens is that when you scale and you learn how to 
land a client who's $4,000 a month paying you, you'll be so happy that you figured out how to make a profit from $400 a month because then your margins become huge because then you're, you know, you don't need to increase your actual delivery costs by a factor of 10 X to deliver, you know, at someone who's paying you 10 X. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. That's one of the things that I'd say. Um, um, so, um, we've gone on a big pivot because I've always loved SEO, but when I started my agency, I was at my mum's house. And I'm, 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 you know, you're, 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 you're Israeli. I'm, I'm, I'm Indian, British Indian. We probably come from a similar background in terms of what my parents' expectations were. And they were not that I would be 30 and at my mom's place. So. <laughs> I don't think it's Israeli versus Indian. I think everyone in the world. Everyone. Think the same, thinks the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Absolutely, guys. I say that to all of you. That was, that was my narrow-mindedness. I'm sorry. I was like, hey, we're in a club. We're all in this club of. Dude, what are you doing at home, bro? How are you going to get out of buddy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so um, we, we pivoted really from, 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 from digital full service to, to SEO at a point where I was like, right, we're, we're, we're earning enough that I can afford to, to do what I want and focus on. And now we're going to pivot again. We're going to just focus on e-commerce SEO. So we're in the process of narrowing our service further if you spoke to me 12 months ago, you know, 14 months ago, 90% of our revenue was non-SEO work. It was just when I began the pivot. Today, you meet me now, I don't have a single non-SEO client. In 12 months from now, the idea is, is that we only have e-commerce SEO clients and everyone else is either legacy clients who are still SEO, but there's nothing new. And, and, and that's a big pivot that we're going on. Um, so that's what's going to be coming. The second thing is that, uh, you know, I've, I've partnered with a friend of mine. I'm a great, I, I enjoy the process of building businesses and I want to expand the Pearl Lemon kind of brand. I enjoy it, dude. And, and, you know, so Pearl Lemon videos, if you Google that, that is now in existence. I've got a buddy who loves explainer videos. I was like, why don't we partner? He shut down his agency. We're growing this together. We're now doing that. So, 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 so that's probably the big plan of, of 2019. Those two things. Um, and then your second question, because I was being a huge narcissist, I was like, oh, I get to talk about myself. And then I forgot what your second question was. Did I say, sorry, what was it? My second question was, put aside the professional business of development. Personal. Now, now I'm talking about personal. What, what growth for yourself? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, going more speaking, you're doing more marathon Absolutely. running, Ironman. I, um, you know what? One of the things is that I'm trying to be more purposeful in my relationship my partner complains or has noticed that even when I'm with her, I'm a little bit absent, meaning that I'm, I, I check my phone. She's discovered that when we're at dinner, my, my bathroom breaks are not about me going to do a number two. It's about me sitting and being on my phone and responding to clients. And she's like, what you think you go to the bathroom? So, 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 so that's, um, it's a big thing for me, dude, to and try and she, be and more she, present. And for some reason she thinks you have some sort of stomach problem because you're in the bathroom all the time. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely she's like look i know you you're indian you're fine chili doesn't affect you the way it does she's italian um so so that's been one personal thing from a very personal front and then and, and then personally in terms of events uh, i've got five more marathons booked in this year so that's going to be fun um so so i booked those and and, and i want to try and do a couple more ultras as well so I, i've not booked those yet but the, the number that i've got in my mind is eight events five of them have been booked I'm looking at whatever the other three are. Um, and um, that, Which that marathons really, you do? Marathons local or international? Uh, yeah, so I always try and do them internationally. So I booked um, Milan. I booked um, 
Have you, how have you not booked Jerusalem? It's coming up in March. Oh, dude, I will. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link after. No, absolutely, please do because uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, great. Sorry, you've just completely thrown me. So Zurich, uh, Milan, Amsterdam, Lisbon. And another one that I forget, I can't remember. Um, I put them all in one evening. I need to do the flights and stuff. But, but I do always try and use it as a means of seeing the world. Awesome. And, and that's it, dude. They're, they're the plans. <laughs> all right, that's awesome. Well, first of all, thank, Deepak, so much, thank you so much for your time. And also for the amount of value, it's awesome. Um, is there anything else that, uh, so, or someone wants to go to besides watching you jumping jacks on your website, is there any, anything great uh, doing anything awesome on your website that you want to kind of refer to? No, I think I want everyone who's listening to look at the jumping jacks on my website, actually. So deepatstrickler.com. I'm, I'm hoping Mordecai's going to do me the good service of just providing you the link to the site. But, but the jump, yeah, the jumping jacks are, are, are good. I, I would love for other people to laugh at me like, like you, Cleo, or like, what is this dude doing? <laughs> well, actually, the reason is because I'm trying to create a link building service. So I'm actually doing provide you a service by linking back to your site, right, Mr. SEO? Oh, thank you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, <You're a> star. <laughs> anyway, so thank you very much, Deepak, for all this awesome information. I hope everyone learns from him, if someone who's a rising, uh, not a rising star, has provided an amazing value already with this company, expanding it in a great way and has a really good sound way of not only being passionate, but being real about how he built the business and learning from his mistakes and also recognizing that there's a lot more to building a business than just numbers and providing the actual delivering the services, but there's also that human, human to human concept, connection that is critical in, in uh, how, we build, how we build our entrepreneurial uh, goal and journey. So thank you so much, Deepak. Thank you, thank you, Monica. It was a pleasure being on, on your show. Awesome, thank you. Be sure to sign up for the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember the next time you're doing business in the digital economy, Make sure to empathize it.